Do you love life? Do you love life? And uh, if I would ask people that, I'm hearing yeses, but um, uh, there is a litmus test to know if you're loving life. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But um, I was praying this morning, and I, and I got a little bit tidbit of 2020. And I know, you know, there's probably going to be so many corny sermons about vision and seeing 2020, you know, and all that. So I'm going to get mine out early. <laughs> but uh, I believe that God is doing something. I really sense it by uh, raising up. People like Kanye West, I know you may not be a fan of him, and uh, there's people being raised up in Hollywood and the secular realm that is causing thousands of people to turn to Jesus. Amen. I think it's exciting, and I feel like the Lord says, I'm doing this, and you're going to see some, you're going to see, the Lord used the pun as well, you're going to see some things in 2020, how that the foundations and things that have been in place, that people are going to see the love of God manifested like never before. And it's not because, listen to me, God is never withholding his love. It's always in you and me. But the more you're aware of it, the more you will see it manifested. Does that make sense? It's, you know, because I used to pray, Lord, pour out more of your power. He says, I'm not pour- I poured it all out 2,000 years ago. He's not pouring out anything else. It got poured out 2,000 years ago. But the problem is you and I don't even know what's been poured out inside of us. That's the problem. And so I believe in 2020, you're going to be able to see it. Okay. I'm going to concentrate on my message now. Do you love life? And, uh, you know, I was praying for people this morning. I pray for people in our church. And uh, the Lord sometimes gives me faces and names. And uh, so I just pray for those faces and names. Um, But um, I know there's a lot of hurting people. I do physically, maybe mentally, emotionally, financially. But uh, I know that God is always there to help us get through the hard places and the bitter places in our life. And um, I was... Going to, since this is Thanksgiving week, I usually, almost every week, preach on being thankful. And that was my intention this week. I started preparing, and um, I was going to teach on being thankful. And the scripture that I was going to preach on was 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This is the message translation. It says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. And I was going to concentrate on that, thank God, no matter what happens. And uh, not that um, that's important, because I know that when you're thankful, it just changes the atmosphere in your life, being thankful. It really does. And uh, But I'm going to concentrate on the very first scripture that I read. Be cheerful no matter what. Be cheerful no matter what. I don't know about you, but when something happens, my first response is not to rejoice and be happy and be cheerful. How about you? Somebody cuts you off, your first response is, oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) No, you probably say some other things, but I mean, uh, your first response is not to be happy or to be cheerful. 
And um, this, this week was a very odd and strange week for me. It was a horrible and terrible week. And um, I know sometimes I'm probably too transparent, but I'm just be transparent. I had a miserable week. And uh, I responded miserably. I did not like anybody this week, including myself. And uh, last Sunday, I, I believe it was to me. You know, uh, when I prepare a message, I study and I, and I get on, take notes, I put things together. And, but then when I speak it, I get ministered to, just like you do. I mean, it seems like, you know, when I'm studying, it's dry and, and it's just there. But then when I get up and minister, I feel like the Lord is speaking to me just like he's speaking to you. And last Sunday was the greatest message to Mike that I've ever spoken to myself. Are you following me? That's good because it's hard to follow myself. But anyway, I, I, it was so powerful to me. Now, you may listen to that Last week, or you may listen to it this week if you weren't there, and you think, it was okay, you know. But it's just how you get ministered to. And so it was like a revelation explosion to me last week. And so I was just ready. But then Monday came. And it's just like the bottom fell out. Like the, the enemy was testing me almost. The, what I preached was it really strong. And it, I felt like everything that could go wrong this week, was successful at going wrong. It was just terrible. And I was bumping heads with people that I don't normally bump heads with, and I was responding in such bad ways. I know, you're probably shocked. I, I can realize that. Okay, maybe you're not. But anyway, I, I was just, it was just bad. Everything was bad. And then after, you know, a couple of days of the badness, then, you know, the Lord was, I'm, I looked to God. Isn't it terrible that you, after a couple of days, then you look to God? You all looking real spiritual out there. But anyway, and so then I looked to God and, and I was, then I would heap up condemnation and guilt upon myself because, you know, you get this voice in the back of your head, you call yourself a pastor. How I responded to people, you know, I didn't respond very nicely. Pretty meanly, pretty badly, pretty ugly, all the above. Check, check, check. And so I started feeling condemned, you know, just guilty, like, oh, man, Mike, this is terrible. This is terrible. Finally, the Lord, I went to him, and he said, I just want you to know I love you no matter what. I just want you to know, if you keep going down this road of condemnation and guilt, uh, it's going to take you to a destination you don't like. So why don't you come? Spend some time with me. Sit up on my lap. We'll laugh together. Did you hear that? We will laugh together. If there's ever been a time in history that I feel like our world needs to laugh, it's now. And so I was going to talk about Thanksgiving, being thankful, and the Lord's just totally wrecked that. And uh, there's a quote that says uh, by Catherine Mansfield, it says this, when we can begin to take our failures non-seriously, it means we are 
ceasing to be afraid of them. It is of immense importance to learn to laugh at ourselves. And let's just be honest, all of us, including you, take yourself way too seriously. You do. I do. And, you know, I feel like I, one of my strengths can become one of my weaknesses, and that is I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky. I love it, life. I enjoy it. I love to laugh and everything. But I felt like the Lord said this week, said, you know, that's been missing in your life. Sometimes we think this is who we are, and our strength becomes literally our weakness because we rely upon ourselves instead of relying upon him. And so I was thinking about this. One of the uh, scriptures that is probably you can quote, I've preached on it many times in John 10.10. The thief only comes ordered to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I was thinking about that. You know that scripture didn't say, I came so that you can go to heaven. That is true. Don't get me wrong. I came so that I can take you to a victorious place when you die. Jesus said this, I came so you can enjoy life right where you're at. And so if we're not enjoying life, something's wrong because Jesus said, I came for that to happen. This is one of the main reasons why Jesus came is so you can enjoy life. Listen, if you live to be 100 or over, it's such a short span. I mean, it's, you know, they, I was told, you know, when you're growing up, like when you're 15 waiting to turn 16 to get your license, it's like eternity. It's, I mean, like you're counting down 11 months, 10 months. Oh, my gosh, when is it going to come? Now that I'm 60, it's like 2017, 2018, 2019. Holy cow. Forget about days and months. It's the years. The calendar is just the pages are falling off the calendar. It's unreal. It's unreal. If you're older than... I'm going to stick to the message. But anyway, <laughs> loving yourself is sometimes one of the hardest things to do, especially when you mess up. And so I, I was there this week. And so I'm sure there's times that maybe you're more spiritual than me, but there may be times that you mess up and you, you have a hard time with yourself. And the Lord wants all of us to know that he, he's can help you through this, and he wants to help you through this, but you got to make sure that in your foundation, you are enjoying life. And you can always tell by if you're laughing at all in your life. Are you laughing? It really took a change, my message did, when I was just minding my own business, and I'm not much of a Facebook person, but I I just happened to, I I was in the kitchen making me a cup of coffee early one morning, so I pulled up Facebook, and uh, it had this thing about Lucille Ball. Younger people, she was a comedian, red hair. But anyway, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was given a speech to honor her, 
it was the most, I mean, I got teary-eyed. It's pitch dark, you know, early in the morning. I'm going, this is really good. But he was saying how, listen, I mean, God speaks to me through Facebook. He speaks to me through movies, through sitting on the toilet. You name it, God speaks to me all the time. I'm telling you, he can speak to you. He can speak to me on the toilet. He can speak to you. Trust me. But anyway, I was sitting there minding my own business, and, and I heard Sammy Davis Jr. It was God speaking through Sammy Davis Jr. He sat there and said, Lucille, I just want you to know that God, put you on this earth and gifted you to make people laugh and you've been so successful at it and that gift came from God. I went, it's so true. And the Lord said, I want people to laugh. I'm minding my own business. The Lord says, I want people to laugh more. And I went, wow, I laugh. He says, you need to laugh more. You don't laugh enough. So, Melly just had out. She didn't know what I was going to preach on this week at all. But this week, we're driving down the road. And she says, you know, I was reading this joke. She says, aren't jokes just strange that we tell jokes? She says, it's almost like that God had jokes invented just to make us laugh. Who are you and what have you done with my wife? <laughs> I didn't say anything, but I thought, have you been looking at my computer, seeing what I'm going <laughs> to preach on this week or what? Are you spying on me or what? So I think it's true. God gave people the ability to create and to say jokes because he knew we're not going to laugh enough. I, I had this in my notes when we lived in Tulsa, so that was 1990, and I found it. I looked it up. I remembered the benefits of laughing. There was a study, a report done by St. John's Hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. True medical science report, the benefits of laughing. Are you ready? Everybody listening? Half of you. I'll take it. When you laugh... It opens up capillaries. Your heart is stimulated. Your pituitary. I had the same problem in the first. I thought I had it right, though, because I've thought of it. This is how you say it. That gland that produces natural painkillers 100 times more powerful than morphine. That gland, when you bust out laughing, that gland produces uh, the painkiller are a hundred times more powerful than morphine in your body. It's the pea gland. I should probably rephrase that. Edit that. Does not make you pee at all. But anyway, if you laugh hard enough, it could. So don't laugh that hard. We got clean seats here. But anyway. Moving right along. Jesus, help us. More powerful than morphine. Oxygen floods your blood. Internal organs get a massage. While laughing, your blood pressure goes up. But after you laugh, your blood pressure goes lower than before you started laughing. It improves digestion. 
laughing hard enough, listen to this, to cry tears causes bacteria-killing agents to be released in your body. What? So if you need an antibiotic pill, just laugh till you cry. Kill them germs. God produced your body to do that. And he says, that's why I want you to laugh, Mike. I go, that's funny. <laughs> Catherine Fenwick, your bo- she quoted this. She says, your body cannot heal without play. Your mind cannot heal without laughter. Your soul cannot heal without joy. So I started thinking about laughing and how that the world is lacking and how the church should be laughing and enjoying life more than anybody on the planet. But I don't know if we are or not. I really don't. And so I felt like the Lord said, I want you to remind people of this. I want you to remind people that they need to laugh. And so I, I, I started looking at a bunch of scriptures this week about <coughs> laughing. This was one of the funniest, I thought. Genesis chapter 21, 5 and 6. God has a sense of humor. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Let's just stop right there. (laughs) See, you just got to get in the right frame of mind. That is hilarious. Abraham was 100 years old, and boom, he becomes a daddy. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be, I am so glad that's you. (laughs) And not me. Can you imagine? 100 years old, we're going to go to the park. Let's go. 100 years old, man. <laughs> Jesus, help us. And so, and Sarah declared, listen to what Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. <laughs> oh, but the joke was on them. I mean, come on now. All who hear about this will laugh with me. You think? You're 100 and she's 90, everybody's going to laugh with you? You have no idea. Thousands of years later, we're still laughing at what happened to you. Holy cow. But then, did you know what Isaac's name means in Hebrew? His name means laughter. If you're 90 and your husband's 100, you got to name your kid Laughter. Because you're going to need something to laugh about in about nine months when that baby pops out of there. <laughs> Psalms 2.4. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He's talking about God. The Lord has them in derision and in supreme contempt. He mocks them. He's talking about people who say they're going to destroy you or do this. He says, I laugh at the people who are coming against you. God sits in the heavens and laughs. So you know what? I just meditate upon that. I said, we have a laughing God. What God? Who serves a God that they can say that about? I don't care what, if it's the Muslims or this group or that group, nobody has this. They may have their God that they worship, but nobody has a God who laughs. The sad part is there's a lot of Christians who don't know they have a God who laughs. But he is a God who laughs and enjoys life, and he intends on you and me to do the same. Psalms 126, 2 and 3 says, Then our mouth 
was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for them, and we are glad. Laughter for God and for us is a nonverbal form of communication. It acknowledges that much more is going on than meets the eye. When you see people laughing, you know, at an airport or a grocery store, I mean, they're just, you just want to go like, what are they laughing at? It's just, it draws you. It's like, oh, and it's contagious too. Because if you see somebody just busting out a laugh, belly laugh, I guarantee you, more than likely, you, you're going to at least smile. Like, they are funny looking. <laughs> Laughter. Red skeleton, do y'all, do y'all know? Everybody who's my age, that's not a time to laugh right there. But anyway, he said this, no matter what your heartache may be, laughing helps you to forget about it, at least for a few seconds anyway. Needing to laugh. Psalms 42, the Message Bible says this. It says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you from Jordan Depths to Herman Heights, including Mount Mizar. Chaos calls to chaos to the tune of whitewater rapids. Your breaking surf, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises to love me all the day. Sing songs all through the night. My life is God's prayer. So that's what God's saying. David had all hell breaking through his life. Some of it was self-inflicted, but a lot of it was not. But he said this when he said he was getting depressed. He said, why are you downcast? Why are you getting depressed? He says, I'm going to look to God. Why? Because David knew, and he quoted, he is the lifter of my head. There's times that we get to the end of our rope. There's times when we do not have any strength. There's times when we think we can't put one foot in front of the other. There's times that all of us will face something bigger than us, a giant that is bigger than us, a situation that is bigger than us, and we feel like we can't move on or get through it. That is the time for you and me to look to God, and he says, I know you can't lift your head. But I'll lift it for you. There's a time you can't smile, but I'm going to put so much joy on the inside of you that you'll know that I'm there. You'll know that I'm there. Proverbs 15. 15. The Passion Translation says, Everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. But when you choose, choose, when you choose, to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. Every day we have a, t- a time, maybe during the day, to choose to be happy, or you can go down a depressing road. I don't know about you, but I don't always choose the happy road. Follow the yellow big road. Follow, 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 follow. I don't go down that road every day. <laughs> I don't. There's some days that I get off on the beaten path, and it's like, Twigs, you know, the funny thing about the mountains and the hills, well, we call them mountains, they're really hills in Kentucky, and the hills and mountains here is that you can get off the trails and walk. In Kentucky, you can, you can, 
but it's like briar patches and thick brush and just trees and vines, and it's tough. You can get off that path, but, oh, it's not very much fun. And then when you get home, you got blood-sucking ticks all over you. There's a reason I know. My mom would go, Mike, what? Eat. You know, you have shorts on, and it's bad and nasty. It's not good to get off that. It's a place that it just brings heartache. And the Lord knows that about you and me. And so, but if you're always going to eventually, hopefully, like me, it took a couple of days for me to even think about God almost. You think, what? Yeah, it did. It's just a terrible week. I know it was only two days, but it was a terrible week. <laughs> but the moment that I started looking to him, I could get one nostril above the, the water. And that's all God's want. He says, if you just give me, you know, you remember the story of Hezekiah when he lost his mind? He was the king, and he got this big pride thing. He says, I built this kingdom and everything, and he got all built up, and then he just lost his mind. He's the king one moment, and the next moment, he lost his mind completely. He went stark, boom. He lived like an animal. What was it, for seven years? I'm going by memory. This wasn't part of my study this week. I think it was like seven years. He, his nails grew out claws, and his hair was matted, and he acted and lived like an animal. Had no human ability whatsoever. The Bible says this about Hezekiah. That he lifted his head toward heaven. And he was restored and healed. I don't know about you, but that was not much effort. He just looked to God. That's all God is asking you and me today. If you're down, if you're ever, try to remember this. I believe the Holy Ghost will remind you. In the future, when you're having a hell on wheels week, just look to God. And as soon as you look to him, I guarantee you'll be just like him. Things will start. It wasn't 100% better. I mean, he still had the, the matted hair and the long claws, but at least he stood up on his feet. He began to act somewhat being normal. And I felt like that this week. I mean, my hair, not my hair, my, my nails, but I, I did, after I, I was gone through it, it was like that was not normal. And it wasn't because that's not who I was. Anytime, let me just tell you this, anytime you and I mess up and act stupid, that really is not you. That's not who you are. It's not. And God looks at you that that's not who you are. But you, you and I look at that sometimes and we think, oh, I'm so terrible. I can't believe I did. I'm so stupid. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. dumb. And you know, no, 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 no. You need to shake yourself and go, that was not who I really am. That's not me. Are you getting it? James chapter 5 verse 13 says, are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? Encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Hold on a minute. Don't you find that kind of strange? It says, not, not the strange part about if you're having a hard time, if you're suffering, encourage them to pray. I, I get that. But I'm talking about there. are there happy Cheerful ones among you, encourage them to sing out their praises. In other words, give voice to it. Let it out. 
Why do we have to encourage people to do that? I mean, you're, you're super happy, but you don't laugh. You're super, super just feel great on the inside, but you don't give any expression to it. God says, encourage people to be happy about it. Listen, if, if, if you're going through a tough time, you got to encourage people to be happy during that time. When you're having happy times and good, you should not be, have to be encouraged, but evidently we do. So today's message is to encourage you to laugh a lot more than what you have been. I don't care if you have to. I know some people, right, that you're thinking right now. Well, you know, it's just not my personality. If you want to suck up to that lie and believe that, you'll be sucking up the wrong tree. It'll have thorns on it. No, all of us. I don't care who you are. You need to laugh more. And like I said, I feel I, if somebody came to me, I'd go, yeah, I'm, I'm a laughing type person. I'm just jolly as can be. And the Lord goes, not enough. <clears throat> Excuse me? Not enough. So I'm just saying that to you today. Not enough. I was raised in a pretty legalistic environment. I'm thankful for being raised in church. Let me just say that before I say anything. I am thankful and grateful for being raised in church. I am. They introduced me to Jesus, and I'll never forget that. But having said that, I was also raised where we could not do squat. Dancing was a sin. And you definitely did not want to go to the Cinema. <laughs> Some of you got it. But anyway, I mean, you couldn't dance. You couldn't, in my music, you, I couldn't listen to any of my music. And, you know, I thought I was going to go to hell just for listening to rock and roll. And all this stuff, I couldn't do nothing. Nothing. I had to listen to how great thou. Nothing wrong with that song. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if you're 16, that's really not on your top 10 list. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's not one of my, you know, the hymnal was not in my room, my bedroom. No, I didn't flip through that. I go, oh, let's turn to page 234. Let's just really let this rip out. No. I was a pretty normal teenager. Well, I was a teenager, and I don't know about the normal part. But anyway, we couldn't do anything. And now... In the last five years, the Lord says, I want you to sing. I want you to dance. You, got, you don't dance enough. You know, you're raised that you, you shouldn't or you couldn't. Or you, I, I, and, you know, I mean, when the music starts going on, I mean, I mean, things just start moving without you realizing it. Just, I mean, that's a God thing. And then people tell you, hey, quit, move, quit, quit shaking. Don't shake. That's why Christians hated Elvis Presley. He moved parts of the body that people never even knew existed. But, I mean, my point is this. It, 
it's music and you're supposed to dance. How many saw that? Uh, there was a clip. I don't know how it got put out. There was a guy who was de-icing an airplane. Do you know what that is? You know when ice gets on an airplane before it takes off? They lift up this crane and he's in a little bitty box and, and you know, he's lifted up high and he sprays the plane to get the ice off. De-ice. There was somebody inside the aircraft terminal, in the air terminal, who just was out there watching, and they started videotaping this guy. It was close, and they zoomed in. Must have had a good iPhone, but it zoomed in, and all of a sudden, he evidently had earbuds in, and he had some jamming music on there because he was just going. I mean, he was getting down with his bad self right inside that box, man. So he was, and they interviewed him later. He said he was listening to some music or whatever, and he was just dancing up a storm. And people just got, man, it just, it just was funny. People were laughing, and I looked at it, and I was not in a laughing mood. But as soon as I saw that, I went, <laughs> look at that dude. Get, get down with your bad self now. He is. He is. He was enjoying it. He was enjoying it. Dancing. Anyway, I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Proverbs 17, 22. This is, uh, do the CEB version there. A joyful heart helps healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. I could be wrong here, but if you have a problem in your tree, your ancestry tree, your people you came from, have arthritis, I believe this can break that. I believe it's broken anyway by the blood of Jesus. Don't get me wrong, what he did. But I just think you being funny and happy and joyful and laughing, it causes you not to have dry bones. William James said this, is a quote by him, we don't laugh because we're happy. We are happy because we laugh. So if you're not laughing, it may be because you're not happy. Okay, Jeremiah 31. I've learned when you don't get a response, just read the next scripture. Jeremiah 31, 13. Young women will dance and be happy. Young men and old men will join in. It's in the Bible that you should be dancing. I'll convert their weeping into laughter. Lavishing comfort, invading their grief with joy, invading their grief with joy. I'll make sure their priests get three square meals a day and my people have more than enough. God's decree. John 15, 11. I'm going to move quick. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. First of all, he, this jumped out at me. It really jumped out at me. He says, I'm going to make sure that you're filled with my joy. God says, when you become a believer in him, he gives you, listen to me now, his joy. It's deposited on the inside of you, his joy. Now, what's so great about that? You know, you can have joy if you win the lottery or somebody gives you a gift or somebody gives you a 2020 Corvette. But anyway, I mean, so you can can have real joy over that. But there is a joy that is much deeper, more powerful than any of the natural joy. That's all natural joy. This joy that comes from God, which is in you today. Everybody hears my voice. That joy is in you, by the way. And it's not normal, natural joy. I'm just getting a glimpse of God says, that's my joy. That joy is more powerful than any circumstance that can happen out there to cause this joy in here to wane. 
Nothing can happen out there to cause something that's called joy in here to, you know, on the, on the Richter scale. Richter scale. That. If, it's, if you could say the joy level is 120, buzzing at the top, when something happened down here, out here, it doesn't go down to, ooh, down to 80. No, it's full blast, 100% nuclear energy, 24-7, no matter what's going on out here. That's a powerful thing that I just said. Because if you are living out here with your emotions... With your circumstance, you will not be aware of what's inside here. That's what happened to me this week. I was more concerned and focused on out here instead of just glimpsing at looking in here. Because the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not your joy. It's not your joy. It's his joy. And the great thing about his joy, you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be uh, spiritual enough. You don't have to do everything, dot every I, cross every T. He's given you that joy. It's free. It's called grace. The joy of the Lord is inside of you. You don't have to strum it up. You don't, you don't even have to have faith for it. You just got to know it's in there. So, I mean, if all hell breaks loose, you can just say, I mean, this man... It, it's not my first response. It's not my first response. Oh, I got the joy of the Lord inside of me. No, that's not the first response. My first response is, if I can catch up with that person. No, but you know, then when you calm down, when you calm down, the dust settles and you go, all right, God, I'm looking to you. He says, I've got joy for you. And that joy can put you over the, the top. Amen. Let's stand. There's a Jewish proverb. Jewish proverb says this, as soap is to the body, so laughter is to the soul. Maurice, I don't know how to say her last name. She says, you don't, everybody more than 20 years old, you don't stop laughing because you grow older. You grow older because you stop laughing. Did you hear that? You grow older because you stop laughing. Oh, you grow old, you don't laugh as much. No, you grow older because you quit laughing. I believe God wants you and me. I don't believe he just put this on my heart for my hellacious week this week. I believe he put this on my heart so that the body of Christ can enjoy life and laugh a lot more than what you have been. Can we say amen? So whatever it takes. If you're hanging around a bunch of depressed people, you may even want to get some new friends. Unless you can bring them up. If you're watching depressing movies, you want to maybe change your TV schedule. Watch something that makes you laugh. You need to laugh. It's healthy for your body. It is literally healthy for your body. And none of us, God says this to us. You are not laughing enough. 
We're coming up on the holidays, and man, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, you know. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are bah humbugging already, and it's not even Christmas yet. I mean, because, you know, I got to cook a turkey. I got, thank God you got a turkey. <laughs> you turkey. But let's look at things so we can laugh. If you burn something at Thanksgiving, don't throw it at your spouse. Say, honey, come here, look what I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. It's not supposed to be black. I'm just saying. Just saying. It's not the right color. <laughs> Learn to laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh at people. I mean, let me take that back. <laughs> Learn to laugh at situations. You need to be a happy camper. Quit letting your... No, my wife says I can't say that. In Kentucky, we said that all the time growing up. Hey, don't let your panties get in a wad, buddy. Come on. That's not a sexist statement. It just meant that. I should move on. I'm glad we have a great editing team. Make sure. But listen, don't take yourself so serious. Don't take life so serious. All of us do. You need to laugh more. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you're causing us to see life with a different pair of glasses. Glasses that God himself says, you want to see 2020? I can get you to see life in a whole different manner by realizing the joy that is in you. I pray that for all of us, that we will see life in a different manner perspective by filtering it through the heart of joy that is inside all of us in Jesus name.